Our loving Father in heaven, Lord, once more we come to thy table of grace. And Father, looking unto thee, the author and finisher of our faith, for further instructions and for further blessings, O Father in heaven, as you have been with us in this morning hour, and even from the beginning of this day, Heavenly Father, you, you have been with us, you have blessed us, and you have kept us. And Father, as we turn to you once more, to your living word, we pray, Lord, that you would open each heart that is gathered here, and that each one of us might feel the guiding and leading and blessing of your spirit. Father, thou knowest the needs we have, and we believe and trust that thou art able to meet the needs of each one of us. Father, for you know us and you care for us. We invite thee now to be in our midst, in Jesus' name. Amen. With the help of the Lord, I'd like to read from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15. Romans, chapter 15. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye one another, as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles, and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And again Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. And I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that ye also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written the more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. I have therefore whereof I may glory through Jesus Christ in those things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ hath not wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient by word and deed. 
through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation, but as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. I've read to including verse 21. Loved ones, the, the letters of Paul to the Romans, as they're also pertaining to us also. The same word, the same instructions are for the believer today, and that's the wonderful thing about the Word of God, that the things that were written so long ago, we can still take and use them in our everyday lives today. That we can, because human nature, as we talked a little about this morning, never changes. Time goes on, one generation passes away, and another one comes along, But the human heart is the same. The nature of man is the same. And that's why the instructions that God has left behind are the same for one generation and just as needful for one generation as the previous one. And therefore, each one, each generation can learn and ought to learn. And that is the will of God, that we heed these instructions and that we can learn and become stronger, and become better for them. And as we are instructed here, they that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. And who among us can say that we're strong? I think whenever we can do a kind deed, whenever we can do something for someone, then we have the upper hand if we have the opportunity, as the opportunity is given to us, as the opportunity arises, we ought to take that opportunity and do, because that is the will of God. Then we are the stronger for it, and we ought to bear the the infirmities of the weak. And we were talking about that a a while ago in in our church in, in Hamilton, or in Ancaster, and then We might find ourselves strong today, but loved ones, tomorrow it might be a different story. Just because we're strong today and we feel strong today doesn't mean that we're going to be strong tomorrow. Doesn't mean that we won't need that help. But God always has those people that he gives strength to. And if we do that part when we feel strong and bear the infirmities of the weak, and, and, and not in pleasing ourselves, but to do as the Lord has instructed us. And I believe that will come back at a time when we perhaps are not strong and we feel weakened for a circumstance or another or a reason. We know that life changes and it's never the same from one day to the next. And then when it's our turn to be weak and we'll be pleased to, to have someone help us and to bear our weakness and help us out in in our infirmity, in our need, our time of need. And I believe in life, all of us will come to that point in one time, at one time or another, and we will need that. 
and the Lord will see to it that one will rise up who is strong to help us out at that time. So it comes back. It comes back, and I believe that is the same for one generation to another. And, and where it says that we ought to not please ourselves, and, and in the third verse it says, for even Christ pleased not himself. And if we think back, isn't, isn't that his whole life? And everything that he did, was there ever one thing that he did for, for his own pleasure, for his own good? Even the time when he was with, the, with his disciples and they went to Samaria and he spoke to that Samaritan woman, we know that the, the, the disciples went into town to get some food because they, they had all not eaten for some time. And as the Lord was speaking to the Samaritan woman, the disciples, <clears throat> he must have spent some time speaking with her because when they came back, they saw him speaking with her. And they asked him, we've brought you some food. Aren't you hungry? Why don't you stop and, and eat? And he said, I have food whereof you know not. And he was talking, I believe, about spiritual food. That doesn't mean that he wasn't hungry physically, but the spirit overrode that. And the, the spirit supplied those needs. And whether he felt the hunger physically or maybe not as much, we don't fully know, but he could well have. But nevertheless, it's just as exactly as it says here. He did it. He kept speaking to that woman and because he wasn't thinking about himself. He wasn't thinking about his own hunger and just because food had now arrived that he was going to stop. He wanted to continue what he had started. And that is speaking the word of God, the truth of God to the Samaritan woman, which we know that led to good things, not only for her, but also for the people in the town where she lived, because they went back. And Jesus, who had not intended to stay for any length of time, and I believe it says that he, he abode there for three days, speaking with the people of that town and that. And what a joy it must have been for not only that woman who said that that she couldn't believe why Jesus was speaking with her because the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. They were, they were Gentile. They were Gentile, and, and, uh, and, and the people in that town must have known that also. And here, uh, this, this Jewish man who knew so much, along with his disciples, would stay three days with them, speaking about the word of God and revealing much more, even that he was the Son of God, and by the, by the power of the words and, and, and the things that he did. So the Lord never thought of, of, of himself. Uh, um, we can also read of this in, in, in even from the very beginning when it talks about Jesus coming and leaving the, the splendor of heaven and coming down to this earth. He knew what he was getting into. He knew what he was leaving. He was leaving a place that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, that we couldn't even think of if we thought about it constantly. We can't think of how great that glory was. And yet, he didn't think of those things. He thought of us. 
He thought not of himself. He thought of others, as we read in 2 Corinthians, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Through his poverty, through his suffering, through his pain, through his rejection by those that he came. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But he didn't think of those things. He thought of you, and he thought of me. For even Christ pleased not himself. And as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. And we're, we're blessed that, as it says here, Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, that is, the, the Jewish people, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. We can glorify God as, 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 as the Samaritans with that Samaritan woman glorify God also when we read the account. I believe it's in, in John 4 or 5. And, 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 and after Jesus stayed there for that length of time, they, they, they glorified God. They, they, they knew that, in a, in a sense, that they were not worthy, and yet this, this man, the Son of God, came to them and stayed in their small town for three days to give them opportunity to become the children of God. No borders, with, as, we, as we spoke this morning, and for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And that we can glory in, in his mercy to us also because we are also Gentiles. Just because his own received him not, he wasn't going to leave it there. This truth, this grace, and this mercy was going to go to all peoples, including you and I. And, and, and the Lord really made light of that already in the Old Testament as we read here. In, in, in a few verses here, in the 10th verse where it says, and again he saith, rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. That's, that comes right from Deuteronomy, from way back. So it wasn't just when the Apostle Paul was chosen by, by the Lord on the road to Damascus to, to become the minister um, of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, this was foreordained by God long before. Long before, as we re read here in, in this verse that was taken from Deuteronomy. And then the, the psalmist, in the, the, the 11th verse, is, is taken from Psalms, where it says, And again, praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people. And we know how, how long before Jesus came, this was written. Deuteronomy Psalm and one more verse, as we read from the prophet Isaiah, the 12th verse. And again, Isaiah saith, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he shall rise to reign over the Gentiles. In him shall the Gentiles trust. Again, showing to us the goodness of God and his mercy and his grace towards us. That this plan of salvation was was not an afterthought that it would go to all people because we know that God is not a respecter of people as so much of the world has been from the beginning of time and in a sense and in, in many places still is. 
but that is the result of the condition of the human heart, which the Bible says is, is, is desperately wicked, and who can know it? So is the human heart, not until it's changed by the one who alone can change it, that we do not become a respecter of any type of people, any kind of borders and any kind of lines, and that is when we put on the mind of Jesus Christ. Only then can we think and act in this world the way he did, the way he thought and acted in the world when he was. And as we said, the world hasn't changed in that sense when it comes to the, to the human heart and the condition of the heart of the people that live. And therefore, if we want to be like Christ, we have to think along those lines and do along the same things where it says, do things and not pleasing ourselves. How easy it is when we think, we don't even have to think, when it just comes naturally to, to whatever we do and wherever we go we're, that we're looking to please ourselves. But when we, and, and not that there is anything wrong with that in a sense, uh, the Lord doesn't mean that we can never do this. But to the, in the forefront should always be what is good for our neighbor, what is good for those around us, what is good for those that are weaker than us, what is good for those that, where we can make a difference. And doesn't it really fulfill that what the Lord has said to, and the golden rule, as they say, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you? It's the same thing as saying that the strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak because that changes around all the time. It doesn't, stay, it doesn't say that the strong will always be strong and the weak will always be weak. But if we do those things, we will be blessed because that is, that is what the Lord did himself in all his walk. Now, as, as we read, the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another. And that, that like-mindedness can only come because none of us are the same. We're all different in one sense or another. But that like-mindedness, that spiritual like-mindedness that it is really speaking of here has one common denominator, and that is Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can 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 make us like-minded one toward another in love, in goodness, in deed, and in all those things that the Lord wants us to do, putting on the mind of Christ, thinking as Jesus, and it says that the Lord will grant us that. This will not happen naturally. This does not happen naturally. We don't become good people all at once. We don't become good people because we decide today we're not going to do this and this and this anymore as we, we talked about this morning. It happens when we replace those things in our heart with virtue that is given to us by God. When God gives us those things into our heart and replaces those things that are not pleasing in his sight, 
And these are the things, as, as we read together, these are the things that are written for our learning. And it is a, it is a learning process over and over. And I believe it, it would be no different if, if we can know all these things today. And if we, if we just left it, we would be like a, a flourishing garden that, is, that has been weeded, that, has, that is just looking perfect. And you give that garden some time. And you don't give it, if it doesn't rain, maybe for some time. And if you don't give it any water. And if you don't pluck the weeds. And you go back uh, three, four weeks later and see what that garden looks like. And loved ones, how long would it take our heart to be that way? If we neglected the things that God has given us. And that's why, as we spoke of this morning, we, we do have a need. Because, some, because probably none of us realize, including myself, how, how quickly the heart, without the nourishment from God, could change. As weeds sprout up and are not plucked out. And as drought sets in. But, loved ones, it is, it is the truth of God, it is His Word. It is word that draws us together, that gives us the like-mindedness, that gives us the faith, that gives us the strength to go on in working in his vineyard. And therefore, the, the reason Jesus came, the reason he left the, that splendor of heaven was to do the will of God, to do the purpose of God and our life should be the same. And ask yourselves, what is, what is my purpose in this world? What does God want me to do? And he has given us all the instructions and all the, all the tools in his word and through his spirit that these things can grow in us, that these things can flourish in us, that we could maintain our faith because it is that faith that alone will save us in the end that Jesus will be looking for. If we know him as our Lord and Savior, as Jesus said, and ask that question, will I find faith when I return? Amen.